second time I'm going to be recording this one. Oh, God. Okay. Basically, finally, after over a month of no original content, now my Crash Bandicoot review does not count, because I promised that. I did a teaser for it, saying I was going to review it, and it's already out. But today is some new original content. Now, the uh, all of you will see the title, of course. But what was the introduction, if you guys don't know? Well, that's what I'm going to talk about. Today, I'm going to be reviewing Tokyo Ghoul Season 1. Uh, crazy, I know. Um, I said earlier that I wasn't going to do any more... I guess you could say musical previews anymore. I'm just going to do these things just randomly. Um, so that's what I'm going to be doing. So let me do some limited updating. So um, I do have plans for this month. Granted, um, there's not going to be, I guess, except for a weekly thing. Yeah, it's, it's going to be weekly. Um, I'm not going to tell you what it's going to be about, but it's going to be, I'm going to do a podcast every week. And once it gets near that time, um, then I'll talk about it. Um, but besides Tokyo Google that I'm going to review today and the upcoming seasons after season one, I'm going to review season two. Season three, I'm kind of iffy about. But season two, I'm probably going to review it. <clears throat> Not to rewatch it, which is I can do that in the afternoon. Um, that's that. Number two, I got another game review on the way as well. Um, I haven't really – oh, I had plenty of time to play it. I just have to play it. I already know what to say about – the graphics, the story, 
stuff like that. But I'm mostly worried about the gameplay at the moment. Um, I won't beat the game completely. Um, and I'm thinking about seven. So I'm about about halfway through. Um, yeah, about halfway through. A little over halfway. About halfway over, a little halfway through with it. Um, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. Um, I'm going to keep it a surprise. Um, then something at the end of the month. Actually, I got a game review. I got Actually, I got two game reviews um, at the end of the month this month. Okay. And then I got another TV show I'm going to review as well. So you expect all of those reviews for the rest of the month for July. Um, August, I have to wait and see. So my history with Tokyo Ghoul is barely any. Um, after E3, and after I got burned out in E3, I was like saying to myself, like, okay, E3's done and over with. It, it was a lot of recording. And I'm tired. I need to take a little break. I said, so what am I going to do for July? That's like, okay. A-Roll was telling me, so, hey, man, um, hey, man, if you're trying to look for something for the podcast um, or you want to watch something, watch this anime called Tokyo Ghoul. It's like, okay. I was like, why? It's like, well, it's a really good show, but it's it's dark as hell from throughout the entire season. I was like, okay. Um, I'm really into dark, violent things. I was like, okay, um, I'll give it a shot. And um, first season's over and done. So what do I think about the season? Well, let's go into it. Um, so let's talk about the graphics, the art style, and the animation. This is the first thing you will see when you're watching an anime, um, besides the English voice acting, but that's going to be later on. Um, but the art style, animation, graphics, stuff like that. I think for the most part, the art style and the animation do look good. Um, the art style, I think, consistently looks really excellent. Um, I like the um, cotton A that the ghouls have. They're sprouting out of their backs. I'll explain what that is later. But it looks really, really nice. The, um, the gore looks amazing. Yes, it's a very dark and graphic, graphically violent um, anime, like every anime is. Um, I think that the art style, especially at some instances with, with the anime being censored, the anime is really censored. I'll, <clears throat> I may go into that, but it, it blends in with the art style really well. And, um, so you can't tell it's, um, censored until your second time around. The first time around, you probably can't see it. Uh, second time around, you you can tell us okay, that's a little bit off, but but you know what, but you know what happened if you watch it the second time. Um, I watched it the first time, all right, a few weeks ago. Then I watched it again for this review to catch myself up. Um, but like I said, the art style blend the the censoring blends in very well with the art style. So that's that. Um, art style. Is really good. I really like looking at it. Um, animation, for the most part, the animation is is fine. Except I don't know if it's the video that I'm watching. I'm watching this in the Funimation app, which I'll put their app in the description so you can watch it for yourself. Um, like Google Play. Um, actually, I may just get you a desktop um, app icon so you can watch it on your desktop, and I may do one for your phone. 
Okay. So, um, but anyway, what was I saying? I don't know if it has something to do with my, um, with the streaming service I was doing, but every now and again, I don't know what is up with this. Sometimes the animation for the characters, sometimes they're just, you're just staring at them and nothing happens. There's no sound. There is um, no sound. And the character doesn't move. Then a few seconds later, it pops right back up and then they move again or talk. It's like, okay, this is a little bit awkward of a science. It ain't that long, but I don't know if it's the streaming service or the um, the director or the uh, animators did that actually on purpose, but it just looks weird. I don't know if it's done on purpose or not, or if it's the streaming service or, or whatever. I, it's, to me, it looks really off. Um... But the animation does really shine in the uh, the cotton that comes out the um, the backs of the ghouls. That looks really damn cool. The fight scenes there's not as much as other animes, you know. But the, when there when it is there, they, the the um, the animation for the fighting is really well done. It's great choreography, I think, for an anim, anime. Um, it looks really really nice. So besides a, a hiccup here and there. And I had no idea where the source is coming from. It is blatantly done for a reason or streaming on the video. Um, it, the animation and the art style are really, 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 really good. So top notch there for that. Um, hold on, my script here. Um, voice acting, um, English dub, I should say. So, of course, when you're from, when you, when anime is animation, but from Japan, duh, um, so when you're translating it for other countries, you have to have the voice actors to accommodate for said country. So in my case, America. So they get the English dub. Um, the English dub, I think, is really well done. Um, a lot of people are going to complain about Kaneki, who is the main, um, the main character, um, about him being whiny. But here's the thing. Here's the thing with me. It is, it is because the character is like that. The character is written like that. That's how he is. So I can't blame the voice actor for making him come out as whining. That's what the director told him to do. That's what the writers told him to do. That's how Kaneki is as a character. I can't really complain about that, really. So I think overall, from everybody, I think the English dub, to me, is really well done. So English dub is good. Art style animation, good. Now, story. So let me, this is the overall, the story is divided into two, into two parts. However, it's mostly around the overall theme. Uh, the overall theme is ghouls are running around rampant in, in Japan, and the CCG are there to stop any ghouls from breaking out. Ghouls are superpower mutants that have really amazing powers, they use a Kanye, which is out of their back. So, so how do they do that? Kanye is a power that the, the ghouls have, and they get it by eating human flesh, basically. Um, that's how the ghouls survive, and that's how they get powerful, more powerful, you know, as time goes on. Um, it's kind of like walkers in a way, but way more overpowered. You know, from Walking Dead, but a lot more powerful and a lot more badass. Um, 
And ghouls are very, very much like humans, but they eat humans themselves. So I know it's a little strange, but that's how ghouls are. If ghouls don't eat humans and they eat human food, it gets them really, really, really sick. And they can't use their cognate, their power that they have in their backs, and they can't they can't defend themselves. They're basically they're dying virtually. And it says, and they're talking about this later on the show, one of the characters didn't eat humans. She ate human food, and it got her really, really sick, and she was very, very weak. So that's why ghouls have to eat humans. That's the only way that they can survive, basically. Um, but, of course, the ghouls are trying to survive. But <clears throat> when you have a, a mutant or a supernatural being in a city, of course, the government has to react. So the CCG is there to... To combat that, um, it's basically a big ass uh, government organization that hunting ghouls. So Tokyo, this is all in Tokyo, by the way. The Tokyo are divided divided into several wards. Basically, they're called territories in Tokyo. That's basically how they monitor the ghouls, make sure the ghouls are in check. Uh, if the ghouls go rampant, then the government obviously is going to react. Um, so. Basically, what the, the whole plot is, is trying the world's in chaos, and the world is in chaos because of the ghouls and the humans. But later on in the story, especially Kaneki, the main character, comes a big more part of this. And later on, it, it, it talks about how... The humans blame the ghouls for the world being messed up, and the ghouls blame the humans for being made in the world the way it is. And Kaneki, the main character, said one good point. He said, it isn't the world itself that is hell. It is the humans inside the world is our doing. It is our fault. The ghouls, we are just killing people in the streets, and we're not getting things better. But the good ghouls that are not attacking anybody are just eating to survive. They're not attacking anyone. They just want to live their lives. Unfortunately, they have to be a ghoul. They have to be a ghoul. There's nothing they can be done about. It. So, so Kaneki, not so much in this season particularly, but season two is where he, where he's trying to try to get the humans and the ghouls to work together, and um, that is the overall arc. But like I said before, the story. Is, is divided up into two sides. The human side, or the CCG side, and the ghoul side. Um, and I'm, this is where I'm going to talk about characters as well. I think this is where, uh, where I should be talking about them. So, let's begin, shall we? Um, the first one I'm going to mention is Investigator Aiman. Um, he's one of the investigators that you see. One of the main investigators. Um, this is where I think the show... It's kind of weak, and season two is not much better, and season three is not much better either. I think the human side is the weaker part. Um, Aiman, he is the uh, how can I say this? He is the my my favorite investigator, but he's still not um, interesting. I think he is my favorite um, investigator because he's a more a lot more level headed than his mentor is, which I'll talk about him in a minute, but. He was he, he was 
not that interesting. I, I mean, they talked about his backstory a little bit, but I didn't really care. Um, the only thing that I, I will give him credit for is when Kaneki was talking to him, and Kaneki refused to fight him. He said, dude, Kaneki, the main character, basically said, I don't want to fight you. We need to try to work together, and I'm on listen to him a little bit. It's like, hmm, maybe maybe he's right. Maybe maybe we need to work together. That's the only reason. He's more level-headed than his mentor. That's basically it. Yeah. And he's okay. He's not great. Um, it's just he's not that interesting to me personally. Um, investigator Motto <laughs> his mentor. This guy is a jackass, um, or a dick, if you think about it. Um, mostly because the way he goes up through ghouls, you don't understand why he's doing that until season two. So, yes, yes. Uh, I, actually, this is a complaint on both sides. I think a lot of the characters that you may you witness on both sides, you don't understand their motives until season two, obviously. You, you, you don't know. And Mono is one of those exceptions. You don't understand why he is acting that way until season two. They did mention it slightly a little bit, but they, you don't understand why he was acting that way, basically. Um, let's see. Let me see. I think... Um, Mono has a lot to uh, to do with a one of the ghouls. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about that right now, um, but I will talk about it later on. But the way he <clears throat> the way he went about the situation was not exactly ideal, in my opinion. Um, it made me basically made him made me hate him even more. And what happened to him, which I'm not gonna spoil it, but after what happened to him, it was so satisfying. Just saying. Basically, I think I basically spoiled it. So, Motto is a freaking crazy nut job. Um, I like Almond a little bit better because Almond's actually freaking uh, level-headed. Motto, he's he, he's like a he's like a villain on the human side, if you know what I mean. And he interferes with ghouls. So basically, there's one human enemy and one ghoul enemy. <clears throat> so I'll talk about the ghoul later on in a minute. But Motto, he's a jackass, and he's actually a good villain overall. If, if a villain has it to where I hate him, then they did a good job. Um, however, in season two, you understand why Motto did that. For me, a villain has to have motivations to why he was doing those things. Okay, I'm going to make an example. Let's look at... Um, Fisk, Wilson Fisk. He had a motivation to why he was doing these things. He actually cared about Fisk and um, Daredevil. And you actually cared about him. And he was a really well-done villain. Motto didn't have that in season one. But in season two, he does have why he acted that way. So Motto is a freaking nut job. So, But when he was on screen, I really didn't mind him. Honestly, um, next, Kide. Um, he's basically Kaneki, or the main character's 
um, best friend, human friend, and he's not on screen very much. Um, he is a good comic relief, though, <clears throat> when he's on screen, which is fine. Uh, he wasn't there very much, so um, he's just, you know, you know, a normal college kid, you know, just doing his thing. It, he doesn't become a little bit bigger until season two, but he, he he's, he's fine. He's just not on screen very much, so... I said the human side is weaker. I I think so. Um, Amon is meh. Motto is a jackass, but he's not that bad. Hide, he's not on screen very much. Um, and when he's on screen, it actually lightens up the mood a little bit because this show, I'm going to say this right now, this show is depressing. Um, <laughs> this show is very depressing. When Hide is on screen, it actually lightens up the mood a little bit, you know? And I like him because of that. He's there for a little bit of a uplifter, you know what I mean? Considering that um, there's not a whole lot of things and stuff like that in the show. It's really dark and depressing, like I said. So next is the ghoul side. I think this is the, the strongest part of the, sh the season for me, the ghoul side. Um, I think mostly is because they put a lot more time into it. Um, so let's, let's go more right into it. So Nitsuki, let's talk about Nitsuki for a minute. He, he is the first ghoul that Kaneki runs into, um, after he turns into a ghoul. And at first you don't, don't, don't understand why he's being that, that way. Um, he's very territorial. He's very protective of his territory. He, he is very protective, and you don't understand why he's acting that way. You thought he was a dick. But later on, you find out that he's a, with a human, and he protects her. Like, he loves that human. He, he has a human girlfriend, and he protects her. That's why he's that's why he attacked Kaneki, because he's in his territory. He's trying to protect his, his, uh, his love. You know what I mean? Uh, now... Let me explain a little bit of a plot point here um, with the humans and the ghouls. So, do humans and ghouls actually can have a romantic relationship? Yeah, they can. They easily can. You know, it's very rare for that to happen. Why? Because in order for ghouls to survive, they have to feed on humans. Am I correct? Well, in this case, the humans actually help the ghouls. So for this relationship between Nitsuki and what's her name? Kami? Kami? Something like that. Um she basically lets him rip into her shoulder to to heal himself and to feel better, you know, be healthy. And it it doesn't really hurt her and he doesn't like devour devour her or anything. But he She basically asked him to do that so he can stay healthy. So now another question is, okay, they can get together, but can they conceive? Yes and no. Um, you can conceive. You can have. You can have. You can have sex. Of course you can. However, the main problem is with this that a big portion of the time, um, when a ghoul and a human conceive, they the fetus or the child usually dies. It's usually what happens. Um, it mostly because the mostly because don't 
compat it's not compatible very well. There are some rare cases where a ghoul is actually is born when a human and a ghoul have sex with each other, and the child is born. The child actually lives. They become the rare one-eyed ghoul, which I'll talk about that in a little bit. Kaneki, the main character, is one of those, but but for a different uh, but for a different reason. So Niski. He is a really cool guy. Um, later on, towards the end of the season, he helped Kaneki. He helped Kaneki a lot. Because at, later on towards the season, Nitsuki was being mugged by, by these three big old mother, mothers. And Kaneki saved him. And Nitsuki, after that, helped Kaneki out and had his back ever since. Nitsuki became a really good friend of Kaneki, in a way. Which is really, really nice. So he changed... The story arc completely around because you thought, like I said, you thought he was a dick, but he's not. You understand why he acted that way. So he's <clears throat> one of the only characters besides maybe Kaneki himself where you understand why he was acting that way. So there you go. <laughs> oh. The next guy is the gourmet. Oh my lord! Um, <laughs> um, can I say that this guy's a freaking nut job? Um, <laughs> um, this is—he's very similar to Jason, which I'll talk about Jason here in a minute. Jason is the main antagonist, not only on the glue side, but for the overall arc of season one. But um, this guy's a freaking nut job. He—the one thing that I will say is that. He came to um, the coffee shop. I forgot what the name was, but there's a coffee shop that uh, Kaneki and his friends hang out with to basically conceal themselves. They act like coffee shop um, waitresses and owners so they can live under the government radar so they don't have to be hunted by the government. Basically. And he came in, he, and he got inf infatuated with Kaneki like, Mmm, yummy Kaneki. Oh, I, I would like to eat you. It's like, oh, uh, <laughs> this is uh, creepy and weird. Um, <laughs> but <clears throat> and especially at one specific part, okay, um, is when um, Kaneki and the gourmet went to a coffee shop and, uh, you know, hang out, talk, you know, that sort of thing. And um, the gourmet, um, he got mad at something, and um, and apparently it cut Kaneki. Well, Con and and uh, the gourmet had a handkerchief to help you know clean up the blood, and um, the gourmet, um, Kaneki asked, "Hey, hey, man." It's blood. Uh, let me go wash it off for you. And, he said, and the gourmet said, no, 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 it's okay. And then later on when he's in the bathroom, he sniffs it. It's like, and he goes like crazy. It's like his drug. It's like, I was like, oh, God. It's like, this is creepy as hell. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing about the gourmet, okay? You know he cares about Kaneki, you know, in a weird, twisted sort of way. But... He's like, it's like watching a train wreck. You can't, it's like watching a bad train wreck. You, you can't stop watching it. You can't watch how bad it is. And the gourmet is like that. He's so unpredictable. You don't know what he's going to do. That's one thing I like about the gourmet. He's so unpredictable. Um, it's not even funny here. 
Um, like I said, he's fucking creepy and weird. You have to get used to that. But he's, like I said, he's not, he's enjoyable to watch because he's a freaking train wreck. So that's basically that. The gourmet is a freaking weirdo. <clears throat> now I'm going to talk about the other coffee employees, like the Devil Ape, and uh, I forgot the other girl's name, and then Moto, Yoshimoto. Um, they don't become, they're introduced in this season, but you don't really know much about them until season two. Um, specifically, um, Yoshimoto. Um, you don't know, <clears throat> you don't know what his, what his thing is. You don't know what's, what's up with him. You don't know his backstory until season two. And that is a really good story arc. Um, probably don't mention that in the season two review whenever I get to it next. So that's a little bit of a minor thing. They don't become a big part until season two. Now, Hinami, I put Hinami on my script, but it's Hinami. Um, okay. Let me let me backtrack a little bit. So Hinami, basically, Hinami and her mother went to the coffee shop where Kaneki is at, and where the ghoul, basically the underground ghouls of the twentieth ward are at. They basically are they are protecting them from who? Well, Jason is who who they are protecting them from. Jason is making Hinami's father make a bunch of pliers. Now that doesn't come into play why you why he needed those pliers till very later on, but <clears throat> he basically, he forced Hinami's father to do it. If he doesn't, then he's going to kill him and his whole entire family. That's the obsession, probably. Right? Or torture them. Um, I'll talk about Jason here in a little bit. But, um, so they basically they're taking Hinami and her mother. But, um, later on, um, Basically, Hinami's father gets killed by Jason, okay? Because apparently Jason didn't like him very much or something. Um, okay. And um, the one of my favorite scenes in this is when Hinami's father was being killed. Hinami, she she's a young little girl. She she's learning how to read. Kaneki's attorney teaching her how to read. She says, "Hey, hey, mama, look what I learned." You know, she's telling her mom like. <clears throat> but she learned. She's learning how to read. He said, when I meet my daddy, I want to show him how smart I'm getting. It's like, wow, that's really a sweet little girl. And it's sad when they were, when she was, when she was telling her mom this, that her father, she doesn't know her father's dead. And it's like, oh my gosh, like, this is freaking sad. Like, um, but then she gets mad at her mother because she, because her mother refuses to send Hinami to her father because her father's in a really bad position. It's a very dangerous situation. She don't, doesn't need to be there. So her mother rewards her by going to the bookstore because Hinami likes reading books. And um, when they're walking down the street, you know, all that, Hinami, ghouls have a very strong sense of smell in terms of blood. They have a very strong sense of smell. They're kind of like vampires in a way, you know what I mean? Um, so Hinamei smells her father as she runs off the direction in, in the other, in, in a, sorry, in a different direction. And her mother said, no, come back, come back. No, don't, 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 don't. We need to go home. And she ran across, of course, Mato and Aiman. Um, so her mother got her coming up. It's kind of like a little, pretty little butterfly. 
and tells enemy, his enemy, run, run, run away, go away, go. I'll, I'll take care of this, go. And enemy runs away. So it's Mato Ayman, two other investigators, and enemy's mama. Um, Mato is, of course, asking questions to enemy's mother. She did not answer. So what Mato decides to do is to take uh, enemy's father's cotton egg, which is his power. Apparently he used it and used it against her mother. But while, while this is happening, Hinamei is running around and said, help me, Kaneki, Toka, which I'll talk about Toka in a little bit. She's asking for help. And she lands, she like, it was raining at the time, she lands in a puddle. Kaneki um, finds her. He said, Hinamei, what's wrong? He said, my mom, my mama, she's over there. I, I need to go help her. And he said, and Kaneki said, where is she? He said, it's down that way. So Kaneki and Hinamei go, go find her mother. Unfortunately, when this happened, oh my gosh, um, right when this happened, Hinami and Kaneki found them, and Kaneki couldn't do nothing. They were surrounded by four investigators. They, there's nothing they can do. And Hinami and Kaneki watched her mother, this Gamato, slashed Kaneki and slashed her face in half. It's like, oh my god. I mean, they didn't show that, but you could tell by the way she died. She didn't attack. Henry's mother didn't attack nobody. She just she defended herself. She didn't attack anybody. And oh my goodness, I'm getting a little emotional over it because the story for Henry is so well done. Because after that, okay, after that, it was her. She she was crying a lot. She lost her mother and her father. She saw her mother's death in front of her eyes. It is horrible. And her, her parents didn't do anything. And this is where the ghouls have really bad people. Yes. But also the humans have them too. And that's where Kaneki comes into play. It's like Kaneki saying, okay, yes, we have some ghouls that are bad, but we also have some good ghouls that don't hurt anybody. Like Kiname, her mother had her daddy. They don't hurt anybody. But then he, then they even said, oh, why are you taking it? Some people, they didn't do anything. It's like, well, look at what Mono did. He attacked these ghouls, and they didn't do anything. That's what the main purpose of the overall story is. There's bad ghouls. Well, trust me, there's some bad ghouls here, decent specifically. <clears throat> and bad humans. Mono is one of those. It, it, both sides have both have bad, bad people. And both sides also have good. And that's the and enemy's story actually put a lot of context into that. Because now a little girl, nine, ten years old, has no more parents anymore. She's basically an orphan. She has nobody. All she has is the people at the coffee shop. Toka, you know, Shimoto, basically the whole entire crew. But she lost her parents. Because of a bad, bad ghoul that was a complete jackass. Basically, he didn't kill him. Mono finished him off. But basically, Jason did a lot more damage. And Mono basically basically ended, ended his suffering, basically. All right. And basically, he ended him. But Jason beat the living piss out of him. All right. So basically, Jason basically, basically killed the ghoul. And Mono basically killed another ghoul. 
So that shows the bad ghoul and the bad human. Both bad apples on both sides. And I'm looking back on this now since, um, since I'm thinking about it. It's like, that is really good, well done storytelling because it showed that that humans want to be live happily, live happily on their own, yes, but ghouls also want the same thing. And Hanime's story was well done. I think of Hanime as I, like a little sister or a daughter that I never had because I will protect his, <clears throat> this little girl to the end because she's just such a sweetheart. She cares about her friends. She cares about everybody around her. And what happened to her is so tragic. And it is well done. I'm trying not to burst into tears right now. It is, it is wonderful. It is really well done. Um, it's very emotional. I'm going to say this right now. Halfway through the season, it's going to be very, very emotional. I'm just saying. It, I, my voice is cracking, and my voice is getting a little bit emotional right now. It, I mean, it's, it is brilliant storytelling. So, Hindemay, well done. All right. I need to calm down. Got a little bit emotional there. Uh, Toka. Now let's talk about a character that I actually like. Um, I like Hinnime, but Toka, I don't have to worry about protecting her because he will kick your ass and your neighbor's ass. I mean, <laughs> Toka is badass. He will, she's a competent fighter. She is awesome. She, she's trying to gain acceptance from the humans, basically. She is a very good worker. She kills humans mostly to protect her family, to protect the ghouls, to protect the people that's around her. It's kind of wrong, but you understand why she's doing that. Until one of the humans saw Toka and she basically the human said, Kami, which is Nitsuki's girlfriend, said, oh, how pretty. So and Toka didn't kill her because he said, wait, I'm pretty? Like, how? Is it she got accepted. Kaneki explained to us that she got accepted. She got accepted by a human. And now she, her mind, her, her, her mindset has completely changed now. She doesn't kill humans unless she has to, you know what I mean, to protect herself. So um, Toka is awesome. All right, now let's go to the final two characters, shall we? The main antagonist of the entire series. Uh, not the entire series, but season one, Jason, which I mentioned about a lot. I also mentioned Conky a lot. So if I mention Jason, oh, Jason, why do you get the name Jason? I think there's one, there's one simple thing. His name is Jason because he's wearing a hockey mask, a reference to Friday the 13th. So basically, that's basically how he got his name, by Friday the, 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 um, the 13th, basically, which is weird. Um, today is technically Friday the 13th. That is freaking weird. Um, <laughs> but um, Jason is freaking intimidating, freaking scary, especially in the last two episodes. I am not going to say what happens, but it's, I mentioned torture. Well, it is torture. Five two episodes are nothing but torture. I'm not going to spoil. I'm not going to say what he does, but it's pretty fucked up. I'm going to say this right now. And A-Roll warned me of this. Hey, man, the opening of the season is very dark, but later on it gets even more darker. It's like it's, it, there's torture scenes, and they're really, really, like, it's dark. It's like, no, nah, it ain't that bad. You know, I'm, I'm used to gore, torture scenes, and stuff like that. But this, this is disturbing as hell. It is fucked. Um, 
So I'm going to warn you. This show is a really good show. Season one, it's, it's great. But be warned. Be warned. The final two episodes are fucked. I'm going to say this right now. I'm going to give you a warning in my description as well. Beware. Season uh, episode one, 11 and 12. Just, I'm warning you right now. I'm not going to spoil it, but and they don't show anything because of censoring. But you can you can you can see what he did. You can get a picture in your mind what he did. So just 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 that's just a thought. So I'm gonna warn you. And Jason, he's a complete utter monster, and he was intimidating. I thought he was a really good antagonist. He was. Freaking scary, man. I don't want to see this man in a dark alley. He's like a horror type of villain. It is crazy. So Jason, really well done. Now, Carnegie. Carnegie <clears throat> is the main protagonist through the entire series up to this point, actually, including through season three. Season three is already over, but, but he's, he's the main protagonist throughout. Um... So, how did his story begin? Well, this is the first episode of the entire series. Um, he, basically, he basically wanted to get a date. And he was waiting in the coffee shop for for his date. And he they said, man, wait, what, what's that girl over there? Is, this, that, is that her? And Kaki said, no, that's not her. And then her Rize comes in. That's me a little bit of a bigger focal part. Um, Rize comes in, and Kaneki like turns red. It's like, oh god, my his face, his he just blushed, and um, and basically she reads books, and Kaneki reads books. He's a big book fan, all right. He's a nerd, all right. He's a college nerd that reads books all the time. I used to read a lot of books, actually. I'm actually reading a book right now, currently. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm looking at my bookshelf. Um, and uh, I don't know if I'm going to review that or not. It's very difficult for me to review a book um, because I have to, you know me, like right now, you know me, I go into specific detail about story, characters, and everything else. That's how I do it. So I'm not going to review a book. I may talk about it, but I'm not going to review it. But anyway, um, anyway. So basically, Kaneki get just got a date with Rize because he he thought he found somebody that has the same interests as him. He 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 is he is a friend, but um, Kaneki has doesn't have anybody that relates to him that much. But he has Hide, but he wants to have another friend. You know, he wants to have a date, which he did. But unfortunately, and I've seen this coming a mile away. It was really predictable. Um, Rize wasn't the person that Kaneki thought she was, or she thought the audience thought. She was basically a ghoul. She led him to her place where she lived, but mostly she did that to lure people there to eat them. And she bites, bites them, and uh, and Kaneki runs away. She ends up killing killing Kaneki, right? Rize did, but they didn't explain this in the show at all, and I don't think they ever will. A, a scaffolding got dropped on Rize and Kaneki, killing her, killing Kaneki. 
supposedly, McCarthy Key was taken to the hospital. And um, they trans- transported a organ from Reese's body and put it to Carnegie's body. So now he is a half ghoul, half human. And I already said before about Hinamane's story. Well, Conky is in a similar situation. He lost both lost, lost both of his parents at a very young age. But the main purpose of this story, he's trying to struggle. He's struggling to keep his human side, but he's a ghoul, so he can't. He's trying to be the same person that he was, and he can't because he's a ghoul, and he's trying to fight back to temptation. Rize, which is his alter ego, is there. Telling him, say, eat this person, eat this person, eat this person. And Conky's trying to fight back, trying, trying not to do that. He's, at one point, he's trying to eat Hide, and he tried to fight back. But the ghoul, the, his ghoul organs inside him kept tugging at him, saying, no, I got to eat, I got to eat, I got to eat. And that is a big vocal point of Conky's story in season one, specifically. He's trying to, he's trying to, Separates life between a lie, a human and a ghoul. He's trying to be the same person that he was before he turned into a ghoul. He doesn't want to turn into a monster. Unfortunately, season two becomes best becomes a monster, but for 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 different reasons. For his motivations, you don't know what his motivations are after season one until season two, about halfway through season two. So at the end of season one, right at the end, and then halfway through season two, you don't understand what his motives. are. Okay. Um but he but he he he's trying to be the same person that he was. A kind person that would do anything for anybody and loves everybody. He's trying to do that, but the but he's a ghoul. It's hard for him not to turn into a monster. That's what he said to Ayman when he was Ayman was fighting him, said, Don't think I'm the monster. I don't want to be the monster that you think I am. I'm trying not to be that way. And Conky is fighting within himself to not be like that. And that is a really good story arc for him. Yes, he is whiny. I'm going to say this right now. He is really whiny. But you understand why he's like that. He turned into a ghoul without him meaning to. He just wanted a date, damn it. He just wanted a date, and unfortunately he could not get it without something bad happening to him. And that's Cronky's story in a nutshell. He also, he kind of was at first, but then later on he got more confidence. He wanted to help each other. He, he he's, he's starting to realize that, yes, I'm a human, but I'm a ghoul too. I have some people that I'm friends with that are ghouls that don't hurt anybody, that I'm willing to help fight and help protect people. And that's what Konaki turned into later on in the season, developing more and more and more. He got more confident. He got more sure of himself. He actually... Yeah, he, he just wanted to help people. But on the ghoul side, you know what I mean? So that's Conkey's story in a nutshell. Conkey is really well done. Um, Jason's really well done. I think all the characters on the uh, ghoul side are really well done. And the human side is a little bit weak. But they're not horrible. They just need a little bit more time in the sunlight, you know what I mean? Now, oh my goodness, okay. Take the thing. Okay. Finally, the last category. Music and sound. 
You know that opening cutscene? No, not the opening cutscene. The opening song I played, that is called Unravel. And I'm getting a little emotional listening to it. I'm singing to it in my head right now. And the main purpose is listen to the lyrics. And I'm going to put a link in the description of this podcast on the YouTube video. Since it's the full song, okay? It's a full song on Unravel, but, but, it is the English version. Listen to the lyrics. It describes Kaneki and the ghouls so well. It describes every single one of them perfectly. And that is what the song did. At first, I thought it was really cheesy. But I'm looking at the lyrics like, wow, this is deeper than it needs to be. I mean, it, it, it was really... Really well done. Oh, the music for Rivals are is amazing. It is awesome. Like I said, I'm gonna put the link in the description. It is so emotional. If you see the show, then listen to the song. It's like, wow, this is really, really deep. Just listen to me while I'm saying this. It it will make you feel emotional. I'm gonna say this right now. Never have I seen an anime song. That was so deep, and you understand why it was there. You know what I mean? Wow. Um, I'm turning a little emotional talking about this again. This show, this show, I'm going to say this. This show will get you emotionally invested from mostly sadness. Like I said, the show's depressing. But you may feel those emotions from it. And that is where I think the show does a masterful job, masterful job is that it gives you emotionally invested into the ghoul characters. It really does. And, it, oh, my gosh, it is amazing. It is wonderful. So sound, music and sound, great. Fantastic. So what do I say about Tokyo Ghoul? I would highly, highly recommend it. Oh, my God. Like, it is so it's an emotional roller coaster. It really, really is. It is a great, great Emotional roller coaster ride. It is wonderful. I would highly, highly recommend it. Um, it I can't say enough about Tokyo Ghoul Season 1. So, there we go. I'm sorry for this one being longer than it needs to be, guys. But I just had a lot to say. So, um, thank you.